Welcome to the last episode of this season's Man United Way podcast. I'm your host Tanmoy and with me I have Amin and Bhaskar. 2019-20 football season officially came to an end on the Sunday with the Champions League final. Needless to remind hours ended a week ago with the defeat against Sevilla. Another trophyless season for us but lots of positive and quite a few areas to work upon. The team is a work in progress no doubt about the foundation looks promising and this team needs to be backed well by the board any thoughts about this delay this is obviously a very known fact for united fans the transfer seasons are the most frustrating time even though we end up going through some you know losing streak even that is you know acceptable but this transfer season how the management of united and the board you know makes us wait and go through this grueling time is unforgivable is it yes absolutely i don't think they really care about their fans because if, if you see every season it's the same story all over again where for four five weeks we'll be negotiating and deal is on deal is off and then player is putting in transfer request and somehow the deal happens or like in last year's bruno's case the deal doesn't happen altogether so i really don't know what they are going about and how they are going about the deals because everything about united currently in the transfer market shows like very haphazardness and no planning whatsoever because if you look at other teams like they are selling the players whom they want to sell along they are buying new players when they need to reinforce but like we seem to be doing nothing like neither have we sold any players neither have we bought any players like i really don't know what we are doing and what we plan to do because there's less than 3 weeks to go for the premier league to start so i don't know it's a very frustrating time as a man united fan hopefully they do something but by the looks of it i don't see anything happening anytime soon i think they'll be like just before the window closes or just before the premier league starts i think they'll sign sancho and i think that will be it clearly it won't That's be it. enough yeah but i think that is the reason why we are delaying so much because we'll just make that one signing and fans will get excited with that one signing and then the window will i think this has happened to us so many times that i don't think they have any more pr stories left to spin out in defense of how they like work during the transfer window this transfer window we expected them to have some purpose and have a plan and then like move according to that because like we did well with the goals that we had for last season we we did well uh, to achieve quite a lot of that uh, we fixed a lot of areas that needed improvement and and this year we we, we could have stepped up a bit and and addressed the areas that would like take us even further and and make us more competitive at the top but it's nothing has happened in that department i mean the sancho transfer that every one of us was absolutely convinced that it it is going to happen has not happened yet and there are some reports coming out now that it won't happen this summer as well so the task is getting even tougher for ed and company so it's in, inexplicable i don't know why we do it every transfer window i mean you would as you know expect some people to learn how to really uh, operate during a transfer market or transfer window when they have had so many and they have done you know so many you know mistakes in in the previous ones for example the bruno one but nothing i mean you don't see any improvement in in the way we operate in the transfer window so a lot of 
you know hopes that we had about reinforcements and stuff i don't really see it happening i mean that hope is winning away now yeah and i don't see us signing if we miss out on sancho this summer i don't see us signing sancho next season because next season other clubs would also be like i'm pretty sure he'll have another good season in dortmund and there'll be other teams would be interested in him because currently real madrid barcelona PSG might be interested in him because with Neymar and Mbappe making possible moves and all PSG might be interested so you never know like and the kind of PR stories united is spinning that like he's asking for too much wages and that's why they are not being able to come to terms with him and the deal is not happening these are kind of clearly PR spins classic PR spins of man united and this by doing this one you're pissing off the player and secondly like next season why should he come to united because the club has showing no intent anybody who can see and follow us over the period of time and over seeing like how we are doing our dealings and everything clearly the club has no intent whatsoever like you know to make sure that the club reaches a certain level and gets back to winning trophies and things like that the management is happy that like we are coming in top 4 top 4 guarantees us like the sponsorship deals and the sponsorship money is coming in and the management is happy with that they don't care whether we don't win the league at least by the looks of it because if they were like you see like chelsea they had a transfer ban they got a new manager they are supporting the new manager they are making so many buys what basically they are doing is at least they are showing intent yes now tomorrow like his buys might not come off and they might not have an excellent season they players might not perform like you know expected abilities but like at least the management is showing faith in the manager and is show, the club is showing intent united as a they- club i don't think we've ever shown any intent really like we always like if you notice like we always whenever we qualify for champions league we never make big buys and have big summer transfer windows last time jose's time also we didn't make many major buys we just bought phil fred and uh, diego dalo and that is when the whole fallout of man united and jose happened and now also this season we've cha- uh, qualified for champions league and like we still haven't made any purchases so this clearly shows that the management is just interested in getting the qualifying and like which is the bare minimum benchmark for the sponsors getting that money and they're just interested in that they don't give a shit about how the club is performing or like you know how the fan base is feeling the all the money which they are earning because of this large fan base like what do they want with the club what kind of direction the fans want the club to take i think they're just pathetic simply pathetic as a man united fan like you just feel hopeless in this situation i mean they have spoken so many times about the project that we have a project and and stuff like that if we indeed had a project like if the club had some targets that they wanted to achieve i mean you would see them you know working towards it right and few things have become glaringly apparent that we need uh, you know a better squad strength i mean we need some people in the bench who could come in and then improve the game and that would you know happen only if we make some good signings some shrewd mm. signings and yeah, but we are like not working it. towards that so i mean if there is a prospective player who wants to join united he doesn't see a project that united has that they are working towards this is the reason why we have missed good players in the past and this is the reason why we will continue to miss out miss out on good players 
because you know we don't really show them the project that we are working towards like for example uh, let's let's look at inter last season like the kind of signings that they did right i mean it clearly showed that they are working towards challenging juventus at the top and they almost got there right so this is the kind of things that help convince the player that okay you know i do have a shot on really being a part of something not just joining a team where we are just happy with uh, getting into top 4 that's also really important and i think we are sending out a wrong message yeah, to, to the because i think there's a very popular meme message kind of a picture which is going around in social media which i think is very apt for our situation which basically says that we hire a manager like he makes two three four signings which he wants then like he gets champions league football then next season he gets no signings and we release the statement that we are going to like you know sign a director of football and all then we come sixth because like no signings and stuff are made and then like because of the poor performance the manager is sacked and we hire a new manager and it's the same cycle all over again which like if you see like over the last few years like the way the club is being run is exactly that like we've just been doing that like we don't support the manager when we need to and ole especially after the kind of season he's had like you would expect board to back him and this is simply mind boggling how like we neither have we bought any player neither have we sold anybody i get alexis sanchez like deal was done but that is clearly because inter was in a great hurry to do the deal because so that sanchez could play the europa league so that's why that deal got done but also like it wasn't a great deal or something because like we didn't get any money out of it it was just that we terminated the contract it was mutually terminated so like but we saved money isn't it yeah, we, we could saved, have used that we, money we, we yeah but like we have saved like we didn't earn any money we have saved future expenditure so that is fine like it was i'm like happy like uh, financially i wasn't so interested about sanchez but like i'm just happy he's out of the club because he was a big uh, drain on our resources and financials and like, let me ask you this thing we always spoken about a director of football coming in and making things streamlined but do you think a director of football could have made a difference with the kind of support that we see from the board because over and above in the last few weeks ole has made it very very clear that the squad depth is important and if we have to challenge in champions league if we have to go ahead and put forward our best foot higher than what we have achieved this season we need that depth but if you see the board not showing any intent do you think a director of football could have made a difference out here yeah i think the director of football would have made a big difference in terms of scouting and buying the right players yeah obviously like we the kind of i don't think there is a dearth of you know scouting Okay man let me Because ask you let me ask you which was the last in the last 5 or 6 years which is that one player which we scouted and bought who turned out to be a good player No the point is different the point is that even if we have scouting reports united board hasn't made a move to buy that player we no, know that no, we, so, the scouts so have reported that Alfonso Davies was available exactly. and he is good. Exactly. We had reports that Pulisic was available and he is good. So that but is United where the director never made the so, so that is where the director of football is the fund 
if you see how united board yeah. spaced out that every no, transfer decision goes through that board and if a director of football does not get that support from the board do you think they would he would have made that move anyway yes but agreed I, i i totally agree with you but this is when we are talking of deals which are 50 100 million dollar pound deals like which we are talking about when we are talking about so. di- I mean, see, when we are talking we, about we a director just... when we are talking about a director of football we are talking about scouting talents in the european market and buying them like all these deals which you do for 15 20 million and all which you scout and buy and then later they become big like say like a bernardo silva for manchester city or like when like liverpool buying andy robertson and like all these kind of players where they come to the club and like they perform and become big we always wait for the player to become big and then we buy them and then like we don't even buy them we try to buy them because then we are like like we go with 100 rupees in our pocket to buy a 200 rupees player and then we'll negotiate for 6 months and then either we'll walk away or make some add on structured deal or something and then if the club agrees or something we'll end up buying them or we walk away from them i have a couple of things to share here see the first thing that i think is that the reason why united are not appointing a director of football is because they will find it difficult to act and operate the way they do in the transfer markets because if the director of football is there he is probably not going to take uh, this uh, from the board because exactly you know, my point he, yeah. he would he would he would try to urge or pressurize the board to make those signings so it would make its job or the board's job more difficult because if they want to continue doing this thing this is one of the reasons why they don't want to give away that control to anybody else because then they will have two people to like convince uh, you know against signing a, a good player who is going to cost some money the second thing that i think director of football is going to do is help united chalk out a long term vision which is something that united lacks if you are like uh, sacking uh, managers every two and a half seasons then no manager is sticking long enough to you know have their vision realized in the longer run we have uh, appointed managers who have different philosophies and they have tried to sanctors according to their philosophies but they get sacked Uh, by the third season and then you know we are back to square one if we have a director of football who is not responsible for the performance on the pitch and is only responsible for the long term vision he can probably own that thing and make sure that united continues to go you know on that specific vision like on that specific path That's so the, the managers that are getting hired will be hired only if they align to that or their philosophies or their coaching styles yes. align to that uh, vision the players that we sign uh, will only be the ones who fit in that vision and things like that so that's that's something that is going to be the difference uh, if a director of football is appointed in addition to the whole transfer thing because as bhaskar was pointing out you don't build teams just by signing expensive players from from you know or or proven players from different teams and leagues you have to uh, like do a mix and match of that and then the homegrown players and then some shrewd signings as well 
So uh, players who are like very promising and, uh, you know, the scouting, as you said, that scouting is not that big a problem. I mean, that's also, I think, you know, quite a debatable. A lot of people will have different opinions about it. But let's so I say, say that, that okay, because... No, I, I agree with you to an extent. So I'm saying that maybe let's say scouting is not a problem right now. That's a debate for another day. But scouting identifies a player, let's say this, they identified Alfonso Davies, let's say they identify Pulisic or Jude Bellingham. I understand, you're saying the realization of the scouting. The the thing is, once those players are identified, I mean, someone has to own that decision-making process where you decide whether we are going to, you know, sign this player and then convince that player to it was to sign for you as well. Like it's and, not and just also that, when know. I'm saying appointing a director of football, I mean appointing a director of football with all the powers that a director of football usually has. It doesn't right. mean that appointing someone in that position and then he being powerless to make any signing. So that is probably the reason why no director of football wants to come and join Man United in the first place. Exactly. But when I'm yep. but, but when I'm saying that we need a director of football, I mean a, we need a director of football like who's true to the sense of the position, like which means that he has all the powers and capabilities which a director of football or sporting director has in all the other clubs also, which means he has a particular budget and he makes the signings and the entire signing and discretion of buying and selling the players and all is his department. Like and, right, and there is right. a structure to it. Like there is and, a structure to it. And you, uh, I mean, the owners have a kind of a responsibility or commitment of you know committing to that much amount of money per uh, season for the long term vision and right. the director of football uses that efficiently to ensure that the long term vision gets realized regardless of whatever is happening right now on the pitch that makes a lot of difference that's right. something that our, our club completely lacks right now and being smart in the market like i mean like when we go into the market like we are paying 50 million for Aaron Van Bissaka. No doubt he's been one of our best signings. But 50 million to Crystal Palace, like for a right back, then buying Maguire for 80, 85 million. And in the next season itself, this season, they are selling Ben Chilwell for 50 million, who's like got three and a half years left on his contract. This just shows like, you know, how inefficient and how poor we are in the transfer and negotiation market. Because Chilwell also was a similar market value player and like his market value uh, was comparable and kind of similar to Harry Maguire itself. He might not be very good defensively, but he attack-wise and all, like in the Premier League, he's been one of the best left-backs. And uh, attacking-wise, the defensively... I would I, not put him in the same bracket of Harry Maguire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you see his uh, market value, it's pretty much the same. There's uh, not much difference between him and Harry Maguire. And so, like him going for 85 and Chilwell going for 50 just shows the incompetence we have in the thing. And even when we are selling players, I don't remember the last time we sold a player for a decent amount of money. We are buying players for loads of money. But like when we sell players, we are always selling them at a loss. I don't remember the last we player. Sold we sold Lukaku. Yeah, for a uh, for yeah for a twenty twenty five million loss. Yeah, I mean we sold him. Yeah, so I don't I remember the last effort. time for I don't remember the last time we sold any player on a profit. No, because United never have sold a player in profit yeah, since so, Cristiano so Ronaldo. So, I mean, so, so that is that. So don't you think? So that just shows. But how United is not a seller club on the first. This is a very stupid thought process to have because you don't have to be a seller's club to sell a 
player in profit you when you are not selling, mean, you when you are not see, so once this I'll is a be, different topic altogether and we are dragging it out no, because since I, sir alex ferguson's era i don't remember any player who got sold in a very high price or so someone who could not play in united got sold but cristiano ronaldo was the only exception who yeah, was yeah, sold to real because yeah, he we, wanted to go we, out there we, we did, but apart we, from that was there any player sir alex sold in a higher profit that we are talking about yeah, selling yeah, we, we have right sold now. we have sold players for higher like in alex ferguson era also we would sell players but we would sell them for higher than what we bought them for and if we are not selling players for higher than what we bought them for this is the basic glaring mistake which shows how poor our recruitment is because we are buying players for higher amount of money and then selling them after few years for lower amount of money so that just shows the bad scouting and recruitment which is in place and probably a lot of long term vision because when you are signing a player have you contemplated that if he doesn't fit the system if he doesn't perform what are we going to do about it are we going to i mean if you're buying someone as young as memphis depay and if he doesn't work out at your club then what are you going to do about it what happens is that we just you know somehow make the signing and then if it is not working out it's a problem for everyone involved the the player the club and you know any other prospective clubs that are trying to buy our player as well because so woodward woodward because, because wages wages would be like yeah. crazy or or we would have bought at such a high price that that is not That's another thing the wages because i wanted to talk Wood, about Wood, the wages woodward also woodward is woodward is, is so money minded and the club is run so commercially and money mindedness but then again like in terms of business we are just making poor financial and business decisions altogether like it doesn't even make business sense the way we are going about it on the pitch it is bad itself but from the business sense also it is pretty poor and when we say that we are not a selling club i mean what that basically means is that we don't need to sell our players for profit right that's that's not something that we have to do i mean we are not borussia dortmund or uh, you know atletico madrid that we are selling players on profit of benfica we are not that right but that does not mean that uh, you know we should be in a position where we are just buying expensive players because we are not a seller club i mean we can we can bring in players who have potential who we can develop into great talents and if they fit the system then they continue playing for us or if not then we sell them and replace them with better players because we need to operate at the, or you know challenge at the top level it's a good thing that we are not a selling club because we don't have to sell players if we don't want to but if there if we have surplus players uh, you know dispensables who we want to like sell we should not be selling them at such poor you know prices but don't you, but don't you, but there, there's a difference between being a seller club and being a club who's a poor in the transfer market because don't you feel like if we are selling each and every player we are buying at a loss that just shows poor recruitment like if if if, ah. if every asset you are selling like it might be that like you know two goes for profit three goes for loss something like that but if each and every player you are selling is at a loss that just shows how poor the recruitment has been definitely and and, and, you know, and it poor, still poor is because uh, to, because today also if we sell maguire or van bissaka or any player like we'll never recoup that money because the kind of money we've paid to buy that player is way above the market value and like way above what he should have been bought for in the first place 
So it's a I bad agree. I think, I think strategy as well as a lack of long-term vision. I mean, I it's a combination of both things. I think that this transfer topic is like a quicksand. More you talk about it, you you know go, <laughs> you just drown into it, and it's so frustrating that you never end up getting a conclusion of what United is doing because, of course, they have better business heads, and you expect a club like Man United to have better business heads in that boardroom in the right recruitment teams who would be making you know fruitful decisions but it's beyond our understanding that how they make such decisions and how they don't make sense to most of the fans i would say and it's just we can go on and on on this but i think because, we should yeah, because the more you discuss the more you realize how pathetic and poor the club is in the transfer market like the more you get into it, the more you keep realizing how how poor and pathetic we are in each and every facet of the transfer market. Like there's basically three aspects to it. Buying players, selling players and renewing contracts. Each and every aspect of it, we are poor. And I agree with you, Tanra. You said that like you would expect competent people to be there, right? And, and like people who are there, you know, who are in charge, you expect them to be competent at their job. But I mean, uh, we also need to realize that incompetent managers or I should not say managers, incompetent board or owners are probably the reasons why big clubs fail. I mean, if you look at Barcelona right now, I mean, the way they have been signing players and the way they have been going about spending uh, i think they've spent about a billion euros in the last few years and uh, they don't have a lot of trophies to show for it so uh, i mean it's you know a reminder that if you have incompetent people at the top no club is too big to fail i mean we should also remember that as well yeah, that's true and it's a, it's a good example is real madrid on how they have moved on from that galactico phase where they were only signing stars and now they're investing in uh, good young players. And if you see, like, we are missing Arslan today, but he might be the best person to point out that whenever we try and see a good young player playing in our team, we end up seeing that, okay, he's from a Real Madrid academy. And after he succeeds out of the loan spell, he'll go back and start contributing into that or challenging for the first eleven of Real Madrid. Yeah. Amazing, the, only, the only difference is that they do have a vision. I mean, they have a vision and they yeah, have of course, the competence. Perez is amazing they, that way. They have, they have the competence of making those players sign for the club. Like they always get the players, you know, the players that they are after, they always get those players. They have that kind of pull. They have that kind of convincing power in the market that, you know, all these uh, prospective talents do end up in, in that club and then they loan them for a couple of seasons to, to some other good team and then they get good experience there and then they come back and then like play for them. I mean, at, at least that's what the vision is and, and it surely is paying. I mean, they won the league this year. Um, so, it started paying off now. Yeah, and like the kind of, yeah, and the kind of model they follow where like, you know, if the manager is not performing, they are basic, they sack the manager and get a new manager in and they keep going after that. Although in the last few years, that has reduced quite a bit. For that kind of a model, you need a proper director of football or a person in charge who is going to make the signings because like, you know, the manager might not have that much of a say in the transfers. And if you see the kind of transfers they make and some of the main players, they were signed very early 
from smaller clubs itself like they were well scouted european talents who like be it Varad. they have a very good uh, scout in south america because most of their talents are from south america rather than no, but in, in in spain and other countries itself like you see varan varan when he joined when he was what 21 or something like that very young he joined like before he, by Zidane, yeah. yeah before he became pretty big or something then carvajal casemiro asensio isco but all these players, they were they came and became big in Real Madrid. Or like they were just starting to get a bit of fame and then they were recruited by Real Madrid. It was so it, that is the kind of scouting which we should be aspiring and trying to get. Because like we always like look at the kind of deals we've made in the past. Harry Maguire, like the most obvious choice as a center back. It was either Harry Maguire or Koulibaly. Then like right back. It was Van Bissaka. Then now, best right best right winger, we are going for Sancho. Before that also, midfielder, we went for Pogba. Then, like, it's very obvious signings. Like, what I want and would be happy to see is some of these Gabriel and these uh, other centre-back whom we are being linked with, that Benoit, Badashield from Monaco. In addition to the obvious signings, I mean, yeah, in, 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 obvious in, signings plus in addition to that, some shrewd signings. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is not possible for Man United also, even though we are a very big and rich club, it is not possible to like buy four players or five players and all four or five players will be superstars. First of all, like right. neither will you be able to fit them into the team. So it makes no sense whatsoever. So like along with buying one, two of these marquee signings, like we should always be buying these kind of new up-and-coming budding talents also, which, like, fine, last year we bought Dan James, which was a good suggestion by Ryan Giggs. But, like, apart from that, like, we don't make these kind of buys where, like, you know, we are buying, like, we are making, we make the obvious 30-14 million pound deals, like, you know, which would be basically coming into the first team and trying to make play for the first level. So, yeah, like, uh, I think, like, we need to get a director of football just for that fact. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why the, the board has to realize and delegate that power. Because as long as Ed Woodward remains in central to that role and he does not allow any kind of delegation, I think we would be like this, hopeless in the transfer market and the recruitment front for sure. Well, this this whole Sancho saga is looking really, really bad. I mean, it does not reflect well at all on the club because everyone was like sure that we were going to sign him. So like he needs to fix that first. Because uh, I don't think there is any PR spin that he can do to like contain the damage that will happen if he fails to say Sancho this yeah. year. No, and I am a, I am a bit more irritated and frustrated not because of the Sancho saga. Like Sancho, I can understand it's a hundred and twenty million pound deal and it might take time, but that doesn't mean you just lift up, you fold your hands and keep sitting and like waiting for the Sancho deal to happen and do nothing, neither sell or buy other players when you need. So many other positions which need to be addressed. So that is a more frustrating thing for me because like we can understand that that's a big deal and it may take time. But that doesn't stop you from doing other business which we don't seem to be doing. Well, I mean, I if, was... if, we, if, if you're trying to, I mean, let's, let's try to end it on a softer note. Do we have any hopes of good players coming in and like any good prospects that you think that we may be able to just get over the line before this uh, transfer window ends? 
going by I think past- we still have about 60% of the transfer window left we have just completed about 40% of it so there is still that, hope. that transfer window is one month long anyway so yeah. so no, no, actually and, two, and, more, and, more than one month it's and, like and august all- september and then Octo- it ends in october 5th 5th so, October, yeah. Yeah, it's a 70-day transfer window, which is huge and we have just completed yeah, about But also, 35. I don't think Please. like we make much signings when like uh, Premier League starts. And uh, once the league starts, I don't think like if you're going for any decent players, they would all, like the clubs would also be willing to let their players go. Because what we tend to forget as fans is like if we are buying a player from a particular club, the player also has to be replaced by that particular club. So like sitting and thinking that, okay, we'll put a bid like on the fourth for a particular player and we'll buy him and before fifth, we'll buy him. That sounds very idealistic, but that usually doesn't land up happening. Like, uh, it will be more difficult. Like yeah. anything anything after 12th of September is going to be a bit challenging. I personally... But, but do you guys have any names? Do you guys have any names that you think that we may like sign before the window ends? I think only Sancho is a probability knowing United board. And even that's in doubt right now. I was so hopeful until last week, but the way Chelsea is signing players, it's very demoralizing at this point of time. Even though I understand there's a lot of time left, but yeah. I, like we when we started this podcast uh, in March, we all identified few positions that needs to be strengthened, especially on the attacking side, because we literally had difficulty breaking down low block defense throughout the season. Even though Bruno found the key for some time, but later on, you know, it, it, it was difficult. We were, we are not clinical up front. We are not creating chances and it's, it, it's very much visible. And if more than the squad depth, if that is not addressed by the United board, top four is going to be a difficulty for sure. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think we are going to sign. Like I, I, like I think we might sign Sancho. But if we don't, like, it will obviously be a pretty big disaster. But I don't see us signing anybody else also. Well, that's a very gloomy thought to end this season's podcast. However, we stay hopeful. Manchester United are known for rising from their lows. And I hope the people managing that from the boardroom doesn't forget that in the end. Thanks for the love you have shown us this far. We will be back with a brand new season. And until then, take care of yourself. Goodbye.